this has all been prophesized and you're like where no, it in hasn't. the bible Stop does it, it say pink goo is gonna come oh i'm sorry yeah what, what book is that in uh ezekiel <laughs> no it doesn't it never said that horror movie survival guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as As the the final final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, geeking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating illuminating the path to survival. survival. Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. We are Julia and Marion. We are. <laughs> Did you think about that? You're like, wait, who are we? Who are who are, what we? are we? I was thinking about Donovan Leach, to be honest. For God's sake, lady. We just we're I like can't even get we're the 30 seconds into title this thing. without thinking about him. Today we're gonna be talking about 1988's The Blob. Uh this episode is titled Ribbed. Yeah. Which we'll explain later. We will explain. So the tagline for this movie, mm-hmm. man is no longer the supreme being on the planet. It's this goo. Yeah, it's pink. It's, pink it's this goo. pink goo. Mm-hmm. Um, this film is directed by Chuck Russell, written by Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont, who did Nightmare 3 and yes. a whole bunch of other things. Um, and uh, this is a remake of 1958, yes. The Blob, right? With Steve McQueen's first film. Yes. Um, uh, and it's funny. This movie has... Well, I guess we'll get into it as we as we go. So this movie stars uh, Donovan Leach. And this is peak Donovan Leach, can I just <laughs> say? Because I'm going to just stop talking for the next I minute. I know. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't help it. It's fine. I mean, um, so he. Uh, this is between the in crowd uh-huh. and cutting class. Okay. So this is like. Sure. Everything for Julia mm-hmm. right here. Like I right. could just. The, the... the glory is on the horizon. Yes. <laughs> it is. It makes me so happy. I feel like I'm just goading you now. I um, know. I can't help it. Um, I see his face mm-hmm. and I melt. Literally. That's yeah, what happens. That's true. It happened in person. That's I mean, he kissed me movie. and my brain went blank. That's so, true. That is I mean, very true. on the cheek, let's be fair. I'm not want to make it more than it is, you know. Do they need to hear the whole story or can we just <sighs> okay, get on I'm with sorry. the movie? Um, I get excited. We also have Kevin Dillon, uh, who plays Brian Flagg, and Shawnee Smith, who plays Meg Penny. And uh, they're sort of our, our trio who kind mm-hmm. of begin this film. Um, so basically, it begins with Donovan playing mm-hmm. Paul Taylor, a uh, football player eyeing uh, the cheerleader Meg, who's Shawnee Smith at a football game. And then we have the bad boy. <laughs> you can tell because he has a mullet and a leather jacket. Let's just talk about the mullet for two seconds. So it's like it's like a mullet. It's like I already thought I thought Jason Patrick's mullet from Lost Boys was like it was something else. Jason was, Patrick? Yeah. Alex Winter, you mean? No, Jason Patrick's like, it's like kind of a shag, but then it kind of like Jason flared. Patrick. Yeah. Who do you think I was talking about? I don't, the guy who is in 90210. What's his Jason name? Priestley? Priestley? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Jason Priestley. Okay. Sorry. You need to remove Donovan from enough of the brain of I your can't. brain in order to. I know, it's horrible. Um, no, so Jason Patrick's like kind of shag mullet right, right. in Lost Boys, I, I already thought was like quite a thing. And I feel like Kevin Dillon's shag mullet in this movie is just that to like a 12 like it's just gone up it's 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 a whole i have a suspicion orbit that it's a wig no really i i i can use it's 1988 i I know i know well we'll see okay i i because you can always kind of tell because like wigs kind of stand up off the back of your neck a bit oh 
I feel like it's a wig. <laughs> but I could be wrong. I feel like IMDb would have told us it's a wig. IMDb knows all, tells all. That's true. So um, so anyway, so he's the bad boy. And there's a great, they have a great car- cross cut in the beginning. I think yeah. Chuck Russell is a, is a really fun director. He, yeah. he knows how to have a good time. And mm-hmm. this is a cross cut between Jay, uh, Kevin Dillon ramping up mm-hmm. to do this motorcycle jump over a broken bridge. Why? Because he's a bad boy. Because he's a bad boy. Or And we have uh, Paul Taylor, who is Donovan Leach, who right. is... So there's like cheerleading going yes. on, jumping, it's and like he, preppy stuff, bad boy stuff, preppy stuff, bad boy stuff. We get it. And he he biffs biffs the jump. Yeah, he does. Uh, and sees a homeless guy who's yeah. there who kind of claps bit, like, and <laughs> jeers at Chuckle, him. Chuckle, yeah. Um, and then we meet uh, Sheriff uh, Herb and Fran at the diner, sort mm-hmm. of two more locals. It's sort of this like it's like a small town in California, uh, I Colorado. Think. Colorado. Okay, it's like a small town in Colorado. But it was filmed in Louisiana. Okay, there you go. Um, and uh, and you also meet, uh, you know, Brian works sort of part-time for a mechanic and we meet his boss. So you're sort of like meeting the kind of the characters of the town. Um, Paul has this jerk best friend, Scott, who's, you know, always trying to get in whoever's pants because um, that's his role. And he's buying condoms at the local pharmacy and encounters the reverend and is like, oh, no, uh, I'm buying them for my friend. And the pharmacist is sort of looking disapprovingly and his friend is Paul sort of pointing over to him. And he's like, like oh, come what on. What are you doing, man? Let's go. Like, Let's go. What, um, what kind of friend sells you out to a priest? The kind of friend who has like that trunk thing going on. I like his trunk. That, that trunk. full bar in the trunk. It's a bar and it's also what it had like a bar. It had multiple class rings. Yeah, he's got it a cigar box full. So it had Skiba. That's the guy who does that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so while that's going on and they're sort of like, you know, arguing about, uh, you know, condoms and the pharmacist is getting upset, um, a meteorite uh, flies out of the sky, lands in the ground and uh, and the homeless guy who had seen um, uh, Brian biff that motorcycle jump uh, decides to go over and poke it with a stick. Horror movie survival guide if tip. If we said it once. Say it a thousand times. Do not poke things that fall from outer space with a stick. Just don't do it. It's not going to end well. Back away. Totally. We've it's, seen Creepshow. It's we are going to crawl up the stick. You can go Jordy Verrill on your ass. Totally. Um, yeah, you're going to end up with a head full of grass, shooting yourself in the face. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> never going to work news. out. It's bad news. But he pokes it. Um, and then the little blob type creature leaps from the stick onto his hand and starts burning him and he starts freaking out which you know you did it with the stick so what what did you expect um so back to the pharmacy uh the pharmacist asks uh uh scott uh what kind of condoms does he want and he says ribbed um and then uh they he tries to paul really wants to take meg out for a date and he goes to pick her up for the date and when he does she's like oh come in and meet my dad and her dad is the pharmacist i think again that's chuck russell like having having some fun with like introductions all around um so paul and Meg go off for their date uh and it's almost immediately interrupted by a crazy old man with half his hand burned off like running into the road um and gets almost gets hit by their car and brian sort of is chasing him kind of be like what's wrong with you and so the three of them put him in the car and try and take him to the hospital to... but paul kind of wrangles brian to come with yeah. them because they're not friends yes to make it clear and brian's like have you seen my jacket don't you know i don't care like you but know? then donovan leach is like i got this sweet letterman's jacket man so i don't know we'll have, have a jacket, jacket off yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what's, us what's wrong with us um jack it off <laughs> that's amazing um so, so yeah so the, they go to the hospital where the nurse does not care no I, she loves she sees like the homeless guy and she's like mm, does he have blue cross and i love that i thought that was great and as uh the doctor in this hospital yeah. jack nance pete 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 who has like two lines yeah but that's okay i'll take it i'll, I'll take anything and jack, jack nance is good yeah um and so paul you know sort of no one's kind of paying attention to him for a while and so paul kind of looks 
uh, walks down the hall and sees something moving mysteriously under the mm-hmm. old man's uh, but, under the but sheets. Do they have a cute little scene beforehand? Where yeah, they, you know they talk about how the date's not going very well. Uh, and perhaps this isn't the dream to no. be in a hospital waiting to see about the old guy we hit with our car. So he's gonna go buy her a soda, right? Uh, but then what's wrong with this hobo? Oh my, he is gone. So yeah, they open Jack Nance and, and Paul open the sheet because something's moving, and like the lower half of him is like burned off. It's just acid this, like, has eaten acid through him. Goo. There's nothing, like, and it's gross. Yeah. Like let me tell you, folks. Like the effects of this movie are really interesting, yeah. and I feel like there's some sort of rear projection stuff that doesn't hold up as well. But there's a lot of practical stuff that really holds up and is really, really impressive. And I'm there's some things where I'm like, nope, no idea how that's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was made in 1988, so I think that's really impressive. Um, so Paul's like, we got so the doctor runs off and Paul's like, we got to call somebody like this is crazy. So he goes into an office to make a phone call. But you can see the blob is like hanging out in the door behind the office and the blob kind of like blobs its way up to the ceiling right above Paul and then comes down on Paul and Meg hears like a terrible noise and goes into the office. And this shot is awesome mm-hmm. you guys probably if you've seen the cover of this film you probably recognize this shot um the blob is sort of taking paul away but the way that they've staged it is like his face is pressed up against the wall of the mm-hmm. blob with like arms out and face out but his face is kind of coming off yeah it's kind of melting off his as face. he's yelling at her mm-hmm. and her reaction is amazing yeah. <laughs> it's really really good and she she goes for his hand and tries yeah. to pull him out and his arm just comes right off yeah so like pretty i think you're gonna have some like strong ptsd about that for that's like a bad first date that's a terrible first, Not date. A good first date so i love the fact that we get the you think that this guy's going to be the lead character but yes. actually it's going to be that's the fuck what i was going to say in the beginning yes. i love it <clears throat> But you kill Jonathan Leach in the first 10 minutes of the movie and I go, no. (laughs) But that's what I enjoy about it is it feels very, um, you know, psycho scream, that thing where obviously like Paul is set up to be our hero. Yeah. And then immediately we've dispatched him 10 minutes in and clearly Brian's now going to be our hero. Uh Bad boy, Uh, which I think is well done and interesting. R.I.P. Donovan. R.I.P. For the umpteenth time in the horror movie world. This kid just cannot catch a break. Um, so yeah, so then we have, so, you know, he gets kind of dragged away and, uh, Brian of course is blamed because he's like, you know, the bad boy. So the cops like distrust him. And so they're like, somehow you must've dissolved a kid to death. Like, I don't know what, how they think he did this. But he's like, they're getting a badass and the cops all up in his face. And so yeah. he licks the cop's face, which is great. Amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. And then they're like, oh, we can't really hold him for anything. And he doesn't have any blood on him. Like he's totally fine. Yeah. So we and also he go. probably didn't dissolve a person. Probably not. Probably didn't dissolve a person. <laughs> um, so we cut to uh, his friend Scott. who is making out with the chick yep. who has given his ring to. So yeah, now we so can go all the way. It's okay. Um, Pouring them, it goes to his like trunk bar yeah. and just pours them like a glass of grenadine with like some alcohol on top. Yeah. It's so nasty. So he opens up the trunk and it's like has its own like special lights. It's and the gigolo kit. There's like strawberries in there. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's just, it's so gross and Anything ridiculous. Anything you might need I mean, to have a good time. Um, and, I'd be uh, kind of impressed to be honest. Yeah, but would you have sex with that guy? Probably. I mean, if really? He showed me, yeah. Oh, come on. If he showed me that sweet bar. With the I mean, gigolo bar? Yeah, like I'd in the like, trunk? All right. Man, he's I mean, working hard for it. You no, know? I mean, I'll give you props, but you know, like that, that's, but aside from that, um, Put, he's putting in a little effort. I mean, <laughs> a lot of effort. <laughs> um, but he's left the door open. And so his girlfriend is sort of like passed out. And so when uh, he comes back, she, it seems to her, him that he, she's totally passed out. And so he takes some liberties. He's and, like, well, hey, y'all just uh, button your, a little hot in here. I'll just yeah. unbutton your belt. Just uh, stick my hand down your shirt. And then a horrible, like, 
rope of blob comes yes. out, grabs his face, and, and then just she like implodes, yeah, and then explodes into sort of blob tendrils, and it's done very quickly. So it's one of those things where I'm not quite sure what I saw, but what I think I saw was something um, really impressive and mm-hmm. looked all practical and not like early CGI or anything like that. And you know, Scott gets taken out but the whole time from the minute he like her sort of chest goes blobby to when her face gets sucked into itself and then explode the whole thing was amazing like really really well done and super super gross i love it this film because it doesn't skimp on the kills and i feel like a lot a lot of times these kind of movies do totally like when you go to see and i and and, like i think that that's probably one of the reasons they wanted to remake it is like the 50s one's not going to be as Mm. gory Mm -hmm. and like let's show some blobbing going on like why why are we afraid of this pink goo this is why right or everyone gets blobbed the same way like it runs over you or it you know or you open the door blob in the face you know but yeah so far it's like a lot of big characters really early on get killed you know in disgusting ways. And like, the blob just... keeps kind of changing and transforming yeah. because it's getting more strength, it's eating more people, and right. so it's you don't really ever know what it's going to do. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, and I also like that it's cool that if you're going to have, I mean, this is, I think, what's fun about sort of like space killers is like <laughs> there's just no rhyme or reason. Like it's this sort of amorphous like just it's just doing what it does yeah. so like there's no hey blob listen i'll give you 50 right. bucks it doesn't you... seem to have a brain it's no. just going on instinct you can't really like just reason like, with you it look so delicious yeah so blob you um, um so yeah so the cops interrogate uh brian and eventually let him go and meg tries to get uh brian's help because she's kind of twanged a little bit and but like, she does come down her. she was gonna bail him out which i think mm-hmm. is quite sweet no she was uh, and have... it, you get the impression like they were friends when they were younger and mm. then she kind of ditched him to be popular or something there seemed to be some sort of dynamic like that going on um i love the scene between them in the diner i yeah. think it's a really nice me too scene of and yeah. she gets to really like you're like who is this chick and like this is where you get to know a little bit about like who she is and i also like too that like that dynamic is going to be which they establish in that scene is like the reason why the popular guy and uh or sorry the popular girl and sort of the bad boy are hanging out is not just because he thinks she's hot which you know he does but also because she reads him the riot act like right away because he's just like whatever babe like i'm gonna have a sandwich it's fine and she's like you're a fucking coward like that you know it's just like in his face and it's like later and he's like whoa 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 like nobody calls me that so that's what sort of binds them is that she calls him on yeah. his indifference as cowardice really early on um and i think that's a clever move rather than because i feel like you know sometimes we talk about unlikely characters getting foisted together but you're like there's no way they're doing this thing together right and i feel like this one is sort of one of the more believable ones even though you have them sort of from sort of different social stratas but and also like if you saw something like what they had seen yeah and nobody else is going to believe you true. like you're just gonna be like i have to be with this person because they know like yeah. i'm not crazy that's true because mm-hmm. it, then it's like power in numbers yeah uh, so then they're at the diner and they're in they pan back to the kitchen i don't know how this happened where uh the sink is clogged and so uh, Fran, who is Candy Clark, tries to get it out. She can't plunge it out. And then so the the, the busboy comes over to do it. I'll stick my hand in it. Horror movie survival guide tip. Never stick your hand down the sink drain. Not even if there's a blob in there. Ever. ever. Just no, don't. I don't care. Like, I don't you, know you, what's down there. No. But- but terrible. If it's, no, it's not going to be good. This scene is so repulsive. It's so gr- It's really gross. I almost looked away, barely managed to cling on. It's really bad. And I'm not clear on how they did it either. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, I mean, I understand sort of like the kind of they must have shot it in these sort of bits. But basically the upshot of, of it is that he sticks his hand down there and his whole person mm-hmm. gets sucked into this little drain. And as he's going down, the pipes bulge yeah. at the size of him and 
you know, parts get folded in on other parts that should not happen. And it's it's horrible. And Candy Clark comes in and again has an amazing reaction as you would because she like, has that, that first moment where like, she's just like doesn't compute yeah yeah totally uh-huh. and then she realizes what she's seeing no, and then no, it's no, just no no yeah horrible yeah. hysteria no and it's just bad and again it's really great because again it's a very creative kill to a character that we've never really seen before mm-hmm. and it kind of doesn't matter yeah like it doesn't matter that this is you know we, oh we have no stakes in the sky like the kill is so interesting and inventive and really different again at this point the blobs killed like three or four people and again, brand new thing, you know, new ways for the blob to do what it does. And it's cleverly done. Um, uh, it's gross. It's, yeah, it's really gross. Um, so uh, Brian and Meg, like, make a run for it. Fran also makes a run for it, goes to the local payphone and tries calling the sh- tries to call the sheriff who was supposed to meet her for, like, a date earlier that they had um, planned earlier. And it's a great sequence, too, where, like, the blob starts overtaking the booth. And she doesn't see it because she's so freaked out. Right. And by the time she does see it, enough of the blob is enough over the phone where she can't open the doors. And then she's trying to reach the sheriff and the lady on the other line is just like, oh, no, he was coming down to see you. And then she looks up and like the part of the sheriff's face is in the blob. Mm -hmm. So like it's consumed him on the way to the diner. So his like melted face is against there. You see like his teeth melt out of his face. It's really It's really gross. And then it just completely crushes the booth and just which is also amazing like she's obliterated and again it's an it's it's an all practical effect where it's like shot from in the point of view of inside the booth where it's like you know you can see the glasses bending and everything and then it's like and she's just like hair like like just everything flies in every direction and it's amazing like again it's like a what fifth blob death and like you know really inventive it's just keep on coming (laughs) (laughs) like i could do this for the next two hours um so uh they they so uh brian and meg are trying to get out of the diner the door is locked right i like the little bit where she says we don't have a key and he's like i got a key and it's a brick and you're like all right badass badass Um, also they they sort of show some of like the the weaknesses of the blob where they get themselves in a freezer Mm -hmm. and the blob tries to get into the freezer and it sort of part of it it like recoils and then parts of it that didn't recoil are like frozen um and uh so once they peace out the reverend comes by creepy creepy reverend yeah played by del close is this super creepy reverend comes by and sees the crystals and inexplicably Mm -hmm. puts them in a jar to keep them Mm -hmm. don't know why i mean i do know why plot wise but i don't know why he's doing it that exact moment because it's he's he's driven by a higher power that's true yeah because he's you're going full like yeah that kind of reverend but it's yeah it's kind of it's kind of a strange move um so they decide that they want to go back to uh elkins grove where the meteorite initially crashed to kind of maybe figure out what they're going to do it's one of these interesting things too where when you kind of realize when they realize what they're up against i fully appreciate the like we got to figure it out but also there's like no plan here yeah like no plan like they're gonna go back to elkins grove and see the crash site and then what are you going to do when you get there, right. guys? Like, what's the no plan? No weapons, no nothing. No nothing. Like, I understand the movie needs to keep moving forward, but it's just like, really? And then what? Um, but luckily, they come across all these guys in hazmat suits, um, and it gets a little E.T. up in there. Um, and uh, or, 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 or Firestarter, or, or Stan, yeah. or, you know, all these pick empty, your poison. Yeah, hazmat suits in the woods. Government-sanctioned biological containment teams. Correct. The um, government is always evil. Yep. This is what we learned from 80s movies, yeah. and all movies. Yeah. Uh, mm. We're basically like, they're here to help, but then also nefarious purposes. But perhaps we're not really here to help. Wink. 
Um, And uh, so, yeah, so they sort of basically say that there's like, oh, this must have been like a meteorite that had like a a bacteria, like a sort of an alien bacteria on it. And that's what the blob is. And, you know, you kids have to help us figure it out. And so it seems like we're the government. We're here to help uh, kind of situation. Step in the back of this van. Yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. uh, No, we'd rather not. They're like, oh, no. You're going to step in the back of this van. van. We have this big gun that's saying you will. And Mm. they go, okay, Okay. no problem. And so I like this bit of the movie because this is the bit where Brian's like, all right, now we get the fuck out of here. Now I break out the back and we leave. And she's like, I can't leave. I have family here. Yeah. And he's like, you coward. Okay, well, then fuck off. Like Brian's like, okay. And like just jumps out. Yep. And then like there's the moment where he's waiting for her where he really thinks she's going to jump and she doesn't. Nope. So they just split the leads up and let them go their separate ways, which I like. Which I like too. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you also have the movie within a movie bit yeah. um, where like her Meg's younger brother and his friend have gone off to see this hockey mask movie. Uh, which it is the see. Garden Tool Massacre. Two basic slice and dice. <laughs> Two basic slice and dice. Um, that sounds like us. <laughs> I lo- but Eddie is a curious character, uh, her, her brother's friend, uh-huh. who's wearing headphones during the film. Right. I, it's an experience I've never tried. I know. <laughs> I've never tried bringing in my own music to score a film. Maybe I should. But maybe with that kind of movie, because you're not really, because he's not in it for the dialogue. Yeah, he's just looking at the tits. Yeah, so probably. Um, but yeah, you have a movie within a movie bit where everyone's watching it. And then basically everyone at the movie theater, one by one, gets knocked off. So like the projectionist, like the air conditioning unit isn't working right. And he looks down the air conditioning unit and then it's like blob in the face. And then like the manager comes up. And they got to, the great yoga gag where he's like yeah. on the ceiling in the blob being eaten. And still alive, yo-yoing. Yo-yoing, yeah. Good, um, good yo-yo death. Yeah. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I appreciate a good yo-yo death. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and basically, the eventually, like, it starts taking over the whole theater. Like, and this part, the blob is growing as this is happening, too. So, it's starting to get, like... Enormous. Yeah. And, like, this is where part, I think, where the film gets very, like, sort of homage to its 1950s roots, where it's just, like, you know, enormous thing and theater full of people who are in a panic. And right. something about that feels very, like, late 1950s yeah. horror film to me. It does. It, um, and, but I I think it's cool because in most of the most movies this would be the finale this yes. would be the big mm-hmm. scene but like this is just like midpoint totally like we're gonna ramp up from here so right. it's cool to be like all right we're, we're going here but then we keep on going folks yeah and i will say i feel like this is also a sort of a transitional point for this film for me where I, I feel like this movie is a lot of fun but it does make a switch where to me it gets very 80s action from okay. this point on where it feels like a little aliens terminator mm-hmm. like we start having bigger set pieces where suddenly characters have very large guns and there's some one-liners being spouted okay. and you sort of lose kind of the small town thing like everyone becomes super badass okay um so and- maybe it's like the re- the remake is like the 50s up until this point and then we I, turn 80s i agree i think so yeah i think that i think a lot of that and you know it's not necessarily a bad thing but i feel like we we start losing the like um kind of individualistic deaths and the kind of everything is like small and terrifying. Uh-huh. Like the end of this movie feels very far away from me from Paul being pulled away down the hallway. Okay. Yeah. I feel a big difference. Sure. In Cause you um, connected with that character and this yeah. is just like, now it's just, and it's, they're horrible in totally different ways. Yeah. Like one sort of like big set piece, horrible. The other one is just like, Oh my God, that's a really bad way to go. Like that's, that's no good. I like that the blob, like at, at this point starts from now on, have you, if you don't know if you notice, like starts making noise. Yeah, it's like a mm-hmm. squealing noise that it starts making. So yeah. it's like becoming more of a. Right. So what would be the blob's final form if it keeps like evolving 
every time it eats somebody, like we never know what it's going to like get to. No, I mean, I think it's basically, I, I think it's sort of like a parasite kind of thing where I think it would just go from like world to world, like suck it. I don't know how the blob eventually gets itself off a planet once it's like consumed the entire world. Then it just is the world. I guess so. And then you just wait for the planet to blow up and then Maybe you eat the planet from like you squeeze the planet and you just eat it so. all like and then eating lava. I don't know. Molten cores. Maybe it has like a part. final form that's nice. Who knows? Yeah. That they can like inject eject itself out of the planet. I who knows. Um But we but we do learn mm-hmm. what the blob really is. Right. And what the blob really is yeah. is something that the US government made itself. Yeah. And uh, was, which of course they can control. Yes. A hundred percent. Because biological warfare is a great idea, guys. Yeah, but apparently in the eighties it was like every plot point is about biological warfare. We're like, the Russians will never know what hit them. Um and uh, so, yeah, Brian basically overhears, she goes back to get his bike and he overhears the guys in the hazmat suits saying like how it, when they pull up the meteorite, the bottom part of it is like a spaceship. Yeah. So it was like a satellite that like they shot off and then came back down and it was meant to look like an accident and meant to look, but really they're controlling the whole thing. And there's already some members of the group that are like, uh, we can't control this. This has already gone way off the rails. And then you have like the one guy who's like, we can do it. Trust me, stick to the plan. And see, this is the part of like, where like I could never work for any sort of military government, whatever, because uh-huh. I say how I feel and they're like, that's an order. And then you just have to do it. And I'm like, <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. No. <laughs> Bye. I got to go. I don't understand that mentality where yeah. you realize you're killing innocent people and you're just like, the but it's an order. Good. The greater good. Crazy. Um, so they're quarantining the town. Everybody's yes. in panicking in their pajamas. Right. And Meg and her brothers have escaped from the movie theater into the sewers. Um, so you have a whole big sewer sequence where like they're trying to uh, get them to kind of climb up a rail that's going to go out of great. And she's got two like little boys with her. And... I mean, good for you, movie. It takes one of those kids out. Yeah. Like, not her brother, but the brother's friend. Eddie. He gets, Eddie gets taken out hardcore. Like, he gets grabbed by the blob, dragged under the water. Meg dives after him, which I'm like, wow, that is that is pretty ballsy. Um, and when he comes back up, he's like, melted kid. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, movie. Like, that's so how we're I playing think it. The, the horror of it all is like, everybody's being melted, but they're still alive I while know. that's happening. It's no good. It's no good. Like, that's not, you don't want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. That's, that's a, a that's bad a, way to go. That's, really that's why you don't go. poke things from outer space with a stick. Hello. Yeah. It I don't know. Comes... Which, which is worse? Like, being sort of like melted and alive or being like Jordy, where like you're turned into like a plant mm. person to the point where you just shoot yourself in the face? I like, don't think like it a... being, it didn't seem like it was painful. It just seemed like it was. I guess it must have been so. or he wouldn't it have killed himself. must have been, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think being melted would be worse I think melted than pretty much too. anything. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so uh, there's sewer. So Brian's got to come back for a triumphant yeah. whatever. Uh, there is. He says to escape the government, there's a shot, hands off, amazing, to oh, Chuck Russell. helicopter? Helicopter, totally. truck, and motorcycle yeah. all jumping at once yes. in this tremendous stunt. Yeah. And I, everyone on set must have been so happy that it's your day. your whole goddamn night. Like, yeah. it's, your, it's your whole thing trying to get that shot. Yes. So basically, they've escaped into the sewers and uh, Meg's brother has kind of been able to shimmy his way out because he's so little, but she can't fit. So Brian takes his bike into the sewers to go get her. Motorcycle. motorcycle. Sewer sequence. Yeah. And so he does this thing too where like he gets her on the motorcycle and like he's motorcycling towards the blob and she's like, no, 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 no. And he like motorcycles around the tunnel, you know, and um, check out my awesome motorcycle skills come in so useful. Um, and then they get trapped down there. Like the, they, they figure out that they're in the sewers and they decide to basically seal them in. They're like, expendable. Well, totally. We'll just keep the blob down there. Um, but luckily one of the uh, guys in the hazmat suit happens to have 
a bazooka. Yeah. Like in his backpack, mm-hmm. as you do. Um, but it's and just so, like a little, it looks like a poster tube. It looks like something like an art student would carry around. Yeah. But I also like that Brian totally knows how it works. I'm yeah. like, I feel like if I tried to fire a bazooka untrained, I would blow myself to smithereens. In a tiny little place in the sewer? Totally. I'd be like, Julia, I got this. And you're like, cool, I'll be all the way over there, Marion. <laughs> like, why you why you got this? But in movie land, but it works land. just lovely. Like a charm where he's like, expendable this. Yes, and, it uh, blows the van right up on the air. Yep. Um, and it's sort of the first of a few explosions that this movie kind of has and so yeah like everyone's sort of like in the kind of like a town hall mm-hmm. situation like they're sort of having like mass panic um but uh meg has realized that the cold is not that like that's the blobs like weakness and so she has a very large co2 extinguisher mm-hmm. and is sort Which of like using just that found on the street as you yeah as you do um and so she is trapped with them with some of the people and trying to sort of like co2 off the blob and there's a deputy who's kind of been a jerk the whole movie and the blob like grabs him through a bookshelf Aww. do you remember this where they grab him around the waist and they pull snaps him in backwards snaps backwards and again it's a small small you know uh small potatoes death but still like really gross and really and- it, those are the kind of deaths that make me wish that i was watching it with an audience i mean because movie yeah. horror movies are always better with an audience but you know that seems everyone goes oh yeah all at the same really time gross. and then i love how you also have the reverend who's like running around who's also gone full twang and who's like this has all been prophesized and you're like where no, it in hasn't. the bible Stop does it, it say <laughs> pink goo <laughs> It's gonna come. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, what, what book is that in? Uh, Ezekiel. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It never said that. Um, but I just like that. There's always those, sort of those the character that, uh, <laughs> and it's also funny because like even if that was true, this has all been prophesied. How does that make this better? Yeah. Like, how is this all? It's supposed like, to calm you down. It was all meant to happen. Everything that's meant to happen has happened. But like, what's in the next chapter? Like, are we, we all meant know. to be slaughtered? <laughs> right. Exactly. So again, I don't see where the calming effect comes out of this. On the path it's supposed to be on. So feel good about that. Right. Right. It's never going to stop mass panic. Yeah. No, everyone just has a a super panic. Um, So then, you know, this is where sort of these larger set pieces come in where there's like a like a snowmaker that's Mm -hmm. in like the mechanics shop that Brian like grabs and he trucks down and crashes. You have Meg with her machine gun on top top of of the van. Yeah. Who's like one liners blob this or whatever she says. I don't know. Yeah. Like, she just you know. like, you know, just, they're trying to make like Linda Hamilton totally. out. So she's, you know, even though this is pre T2, but yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But I feel like that's where, but it's very like Ripley. You but know? then we have the comedy moment where she's like, got the grenade, going to chuck it in you and then going to jump off in a really cool way. And yeah. her pants get stuck and totally. she slumps down. <laughs> I like that. I'll give that to the story. Yeah. I feel like you're, and so I don't know if necessarily like all the sort of like, you know, Linda Hamilton moments are meant to kind of be they're they're, they're done purposely to show how she just does it doesn't work out for her. Yeah, where so you maybe, try to be the cool kid and right. then you're like, ah, oh, I cannot believe that just happened. Um, so yeah, so like it, it so both characters are kind of stuck because like Brian's crashed his truck and he's like trapped in the cab and she's like kind of dangling from the side. But eventually they're able to kind of you know grab each other and and run off and. Uh, the snow the snowmaker explodes and then it's like snow descends in the sort of um Edward Scissorhands kind of <laughs> moment. Beautiful snow. Beautiful and the blob the looks snow. so beautiful because yeah. it's all frozen and twinkly. It is. Um and everyone's like, cool, cool. We gotta get all this out of here. <laughs> yeah, the guy's like, um, Ice House, let's go. Uh, immediately. Great, great. That would that'd be so awesome. Um, and so our epilogue is sort of uh the Reverend being super crazy, uh deformed from his injuries from battling the blob and he's like preaching from a tent and still in the full like it has all been prophesized the end of days is nigh kind of thing um and this lady comes in is like well when will it all end but when and he's like but soon and he pulls up the glass jar with bits of 
frozen blob that are now no longer frozen. Um, he can make it all happen again. And I'm like, you See, jerk. Another sequel set up that we are we are we don't get. Because I think I this movie did not do well. Like I think I read oh. that this movie made like it was sort of made for, you know, twenty million dollars or something substantial, and it made like six. Like That's, it was one of those ones where like it was like now it's sort of a cult hit, but when it came out, new no, like interesting. did not do well at all. I think it's it's got it all. I think it's got creative kills. It's got fun characters that I care about. Yeah, it's got like a crazy directing style. I'm into it. Yeah, no, I am into it too. And I do think it. I, I think the most the most amazing thing that really really holds up are the visual effects because yeah. not only does everyone get a unique kill, but the like it's it's gross, you know. Yeah. and it's like you have a big gelatinous monster like so you're like how can that be scary how gore or really how gory can it be it but they be. make it really gory yeah. so like, good for you guys you want to gore factor us uh yes let me gore factor you so uh one is not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two is a puddle of blood three enough blood to gross out the average viewer four bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag um and you and i gave this a three and a half between enough blood to gross out the average viewer and a little bit more um, I think I would maybe give it a four closer. or yeah, because okay. like, I feel like this would make the average viewer turn away at some points. Did you turn away? I came pretty close with that drain thing. I mean, okay. that was no good. Uh, um, I think also too, it's just the, there's just so much like skin melting. Yeah. Like there's that one guy, like one of those hazmat guys who's like, I'm not dead. Help me. And like his arm is like melted off of him and uh -huh. she tries to get a, a gun or something off of him. And it's like that that stream of goo yeah. that formerly was his skin. Uh -huh. Like that's that's, that's not pretty, quite. It's not baths of a blood, but it's something else. It's, you quite, know? it's quite gory. Yeah. Uh, so for movie rating, we have zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantasticorical. We both give this a three and a half. Three and a half's all around. Yeah. So this is seen worse, seen better. Mm -hmm. and, and a little not too shabby. Yeah, definitely. I do think that my own kind of preconception of like, all right, the movie, The Blob, was definitely sur surpassed in the sense that like the effects are really impressive. The individual deaths, mm -hmm. pretty good. Um, and I enjoyed the characters. I do think it just got a little action movie for me okay. at the end. Um but aside from that, I really enjoy how specific all the characters are and their relationships are and that the, the, the deaths are all really well thought out. Yeah. You know, and not just like it overwhelms you, it suffocates you, it, you know, the things you would traditionally think. Yeah. I All we ask for is a little creativity in our horror movies yeah. and we get it with this film. Yeah. Of course, it gets, I'm a little sad. We don't get as much Donovan Leach as I would like. This is true. This makes me sad. But it is a Kev surprise that he gets it. It is a surprise. I appreciate does. that. Uh, Kevin Dillon. Mm, yeah. He kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Like yeah. when he's trying to be bad. Like he's sure. kind of not bad, but maybe that's why they cast him because he's like almost bad. Yeah. He's trying to be Matt Dillon and he's not. And yeah. it makes me sad, but it also makes me glad that he's the lead. It's true. In this film. Yeah. Also named after a character from The Stand. Also, so, I really hope his hair is not a wig. Really, really hope. Fingers crossed. If anybody Kevin, knows, Kevin, Kevin Dillon. Dillon <laughs> you're listening to this. Tell it, me it wasn't a wig. Just tell me. It would make your heart happy it if it wasn't. It would really make my heart happy. I want um, that to be real hair. Well, if anybody else knows, we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. You can let us know if you know. Maybe yeah. you have the inside wig track. That would be awesome. Tell uh, those people. So next week, uh, we are going to watch a, a film from 1980 mm -hmm. that has the debut of an actor you may have heard of. Maybe once or twice. He's been in like two things. Maybe. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Uh, doing his horror movie time with 1980s. He knows you're alone. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's also one of these movies that's like one of these fake, I, I would think is a fake title and it's 100% a real title. Yeah. Yeah. You he can knows just pull alone. it out of a hat and then it would be it's like yeah. real or fake, real or fake, 50 50. He knows you're alone. It's a real movie. We saw it and we will tell you all about it next week. See you then. Bye, guys. <laughs>